Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into this episode of the Aquademia Podcast. I'm Sean O'Loughlin. And I'm Maddie Cassidy. And this is part two of our top 25, 26 episodes uh, in celebration <laughs> of the 25th anniversary of the Global Seafood Alliance. If you missed last episode, that's okay. Pause this one, go back, listen to that one, get caught up, and then come on back and we'll finish off our list. What we're doing is we are looking at the 25 kind of standout episodes of the almost 180 episodes that we've produced here over the last four years. And um, we are just kind of reminiscing and, and sharing some that we think our listeners should check out again. If you are a former guest on the podcast and your episode has not been on this list, please know that there is no hate. <laughs> we, uh, we love every one of our guests and uh, we had to limit this to 25 or I guess 26 episodes. And so we had to make some tough, tough choices, but uh, we love all of our guests and they're all worth listening to. These are just the episodes that we picked for this list and uh, I hope you enjoy it. Before we get into the rest of our list, I want to remind everybody, as I always do, to please remember to subscribe to Aquademia wherever you listen. So every time a new episode comes out, you will have it automatically downloaded onto your device. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that three different ways. You can either email us, podcast at globalseafood.org. You can submit a comment on our contact form on our website, which is at globalseafood.org slash podcast. Or you can always tweet at us on Twitter at AquademiaPod as long as Twitter is still alive. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> And if you don't mind, we would really appreciate it if you took a couple minutes to leave us a rating and review. It really helps us out, and we appreciate everybody that has already done that. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you at the end. Welcome to the Aquademia Podcast. Our diet is hurting the environment in myriad ways. I mean, we desperately need to eat more seafood. This is a pioneering industry with a whole lot of people who have really good ideas and a lot of experience and are unafraid. Aquademia is your go-to podcast for a fresh take on all things seafood. I like that part of that song where it goes bump, 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 bump. I don't know why. I would, that always stands out to me. Uh, hey, everyone. Welcome back. Hi, Maddie. Hey. It's been a long time. We're back here again. Yeah. I am super excited to finish this episode up because this is a project that we've been working on for a while, like preparing this and making sure that we get all the right snippets and choosing the episodes. So I'm really excited to get this out there to all of you. Yeah. And it's a lot of fun. Uh, I feel like we were, I feel like we were just here. <laughs> um, <laughs> So I want to get right into it. Uh, like I said in the intro, if you missed the first part of this episode, go back to last week's episode. We did the first half. It was number one through 13 that we did uh, on our list, but they were all the numbers for the episodes were kind of all over the place. But go back and check those out. There's a lot of good episodes in there that if you missed, you might want to check out or you might want to revisit uh, and get some great yes. information. And but, these are our top 25 episodes, but that is a subjective top 25. Part of them are our most downloaded episodes and other parts are ones that we got really great feedback from our listeners on and some that we just really liked and wanted to include on the list. Yeah. And again, if you if you are a guest and your uh, episode is not on here, that doesn't mean that like you didn't make the cut or anything. Um, this is just the list that we compiled uh, looking through and that we thought would be fun to check out. So, you know. Maybe we'll do this again uh, in a couple of years and kind of do a, another top 10 or top 20 episodes. This is fun. 
But let's get right into it. So uh, we're the one that we're going to start off with today is episode 112. It's another Seafood Innovations episode. This one was really fun. It is Product Tracking Made Simpler with Chip Terry of Blue Trace. So what the regulations require is you attach this tag as you harvest, put it in a log, file that with the state. As it shows up at the dealer, usually like an hour later, that dealer takes that tag off, puts their own tag back on, again, does a receiving log and a shipping log. And, mm-hmm. it, you yeah. know, an average uh, shellfish will often go through two to five or six steps between the time wow. it leaves the farm and the time it ends up on your table. Because it's just, you know, there are people that do the sort of collection of shellfish chains, yeah. and then the steps <laughs> to get it to say from, you know, the coast of Maine to Boston, to Atlanta, to a restaurant in Atlanta, you know, a long chain that, you know, it's this cold chain that has to happen. And so that's where we ended up is, you know, helping that cold chain. And so what we do, a lot of what we do is starting with that harvest, so the harvester uh, writes out the tag instead yeah. of that. We, you know, if you've gotten a parking ticket recently and you've watched them print out the ticket yeah. <laughs> off their hip, we effectively did the same thing. Yeah. So this was a, a an actual like little handheld device that um, that he just replaced a whole lot of steps of creating these tags for shellfish, and it's just like so simple, but super innovative. So Chip Terry actually came to the office to record with us that day, and that was. That was pretty cool. Yeah. And he actually did a lunch and learn a few years ago for us at GSA, which is how we heard of him. And between from then till when he came on the podcast, Blue Trace grew so much. And I feel like in the past few months since this episode, it has grown even more. Or maybe it's been a year at this point since that episode came out. But I feel like I've been seeing Blue Trace everywhere. Yeah. I mean, he he struck gold with this. It's just one of those things that's just so idea. It's so simple that no one else thought of it right and uh they're doing some great things for the industry so um really really cool all right you want to do the next one yes so the next episode we are going to talk about is episode 143 which was part of our seafood career pathways series and this is called seafood titan ken corcoran what's been your favorite moment from it do you think well in terms of you know, personal satisfaction. Um, I think it's been important that some of the companies I worked for were companies that, you know, they were they were companies with a good reputation. They were companies that that project on the vitamin C was one that I was really glad to have had the chance to be involved with. Making a real um, difference. It made a difference yeah. for, you know, for cost and for, I would say, even animal welfare for a lot of totally. aquaculture yeah, species because- you know, there, there was great difficulty in finding how to get enough of a, a vitamin C dose into aquaculture feeds, and most of aquaculture relies on feeding activity. So that was an important breakthrough that continues to be, um, you know, an important product that continues to be used. I feel like we don't have as many Career Pathways episodes on this list uh, as we could have. These are some of my favorite episodes. I think they're some of the most inspiring. I've known Ken for a very long time uh, since I started here, and I've traveled the world with him uh, a little bit, not nearly as much as he has. <laughs> he's been all over the world, but he just has some amazing stories, and he's such a genuinely nice, good human being. One thing that Ken did with his career episode, uh, which is similar to what Joe Thomas did, but he really um, was very conscious of this through the whole thing, is he knows that these episodes resonate with younger people or people who are looking to create or expand their careers in the seafood industry. They're looking to build a lifelong career. And throughout his entire interview, he just dropped 
knowledge bombs and he dropped advice. Uh, you the know, man came prepared. Yeah. I mean, throughout his entire story, he always backed it up with, you know, and this is a great lesson for anyone who's in this situation. Uh, you know, this is some advice for, for someone who wants to do this. This is what I would recommend. And it's just it's it's chock full of really good information. So um, if you're not too into the career pathways just for for sheer interest and entertainment, definitely uh, check this one out. All right. Moving on. We are doing another seafood career pathways right after I said we didn't include enough career pathways episodes on this <laughs> list. Uh, but this one was something a little bit different. And, you know, we, we always try and get more wild caught content in here. But, um, you know, we've done much better over the last year, I think. But uh, this is kind of one of the ones that really delved into only wild caught content. And this was a career pathways episode, uh, Fishing the Bering Sea with Captain Jack Mullen. I had to I had to have this stuff in my head when it was dark out and the seas are 40 feet and my guys are on deck trying to stay alive. I had to have it in my head. What the heck are you doing? You know why you're doing this and you know what they're doing and they know what they're doing. But it was like, if I didn't have these little things to roll through my head, your fear can take over. And we can talk about fear. quite. I, I, uh, I made a huge study on being afraid because I had to get over being afraid or I couldn't produce. You know, I had to be... When you're doing a dangerous job, you can't be afraid of it, but you can't go at it with no fear either. Captain Jack is an enigma. <laughs> he just has such a presence about him when he's speaking yeah. that you just feel like you're hanging on every word that he says. And hearing him talk about the danger of his just regular everyday job was fascinating because it's so different from what so many people deal with in their daily life, even people in the seafood industry. Yeah, I mean, him, talk, him talking about kind of weaving in how he views everything, like, you know, facing this danger and having a manageable amount of fear to keep you safe, but also at the same time appreciating the absolute sheer beauty of what he's doing, you know, seeing just flocks of bald eagles out when he goes out every day and this um, sharing some of his stories. It's just, just fascinating and not a lot of... Um, you know, stuff that we kind of hear generally on this podcast. So it, it, it's definitely a standout episode. And I'd love to have Captain Jack on again, just to talk about some of the stuff that he that he's done. Tell more stories for sure. All right. He's got some great stories. Yes, he really does. Uh, moving on. Let, get, get us the next one. This is another one of my favorites, actually. All right. So now we're on number 17 of this top 25 list, which is episode number 129 conservation through utilization with Dallas Abel of the Kai Eco Project. One thing that we try to address here in Auckland and New Zealand is a food insecurity and mm -hmm. uh, different socioeconomic groups um, because the fish heads that we provide to communities, you know, this community is 95% um, Pacifica, Asian and Maori communities. And Auckland, we've got the largest population of Pacifica people in the world or Polynesians oh, wow. in the world exceeding Polynesia itself so we have all these people that have their bodies adapted to eating seafood uh, but they don't have access to it because they may be on the lowest socioeconomic scale unfortunately oh. so we not only connect them with food they love but it's also food that is good for them you know food their bodies are used to digesting I get distracted by hearing like my own <laughs> like responses I keep getting thrown off hearing you in the recordings because I think that you're talking to me <laughs> I just heard myself like oh 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 um, this is a, a topic that I find super interesting. Uh, we've done a couple episodes where we look at 100% use of the fish. And I, I, I just feel like there's so much potential. And I just hate the thought of 
so much wasted material that could be used for something else, whether it's fertilizer or feed ingredients or actual food that's just being thrown away, which was the, the case with this Kaika project. You know, fish heads and fish frames, people just discard, but there are populations of people that would be super, super excited to get that and, and cook with it. So this was a great, great episode. I like what they're doing. Yeah, I really and do. I love I love that they're just solving multiple problems at once. Like not only are they tackling the like a waste. zero waste initiative, yeah. but also they're addressing food insecurity in an area where people are food insecure. So it's it's just so great when everything can come together like that in a positive way. Yeah. And it's food that they like, right? You know, you get people who are in a food insecurity situation and, you know, they may be getting some help, but like they're stuck with what they what they get. And, you know, it could be the food that nobody else wants. <laughs> um, but this this situation, they're giving them food that they like and they enjoy and they want more of. So it's it's just it's a win, 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 win all around. Uh, I love what they're doing, and I really hope to see programs like this be created and expand in all, all parts of the world. So, All right, next one on the list is episode number 116, another Seafood Career Pathways, uh, Jerry Frazier, fisherman turned journalist. Now, there is a provision to get kids in. So in other words, if, if a kid can go out and get, a, and get some time in as a, as a deckhand, before he's 18, 19, 20, there's different, different rules on it. Kind of gives a, him a leg up. a thousand hours. Oh, he can get a license. Oh, okay. Yeah, which is good. I mean, I, I'm very glad they did that. In other words, so they'll because you need new entrants to the fishery, mm-hmm. and so they have provided for it. It's it's a harder job for an old entrant, an old guy to get into the fishery, mm-hmm. but but we will have new blood in the fishery. So that is a, a good thing for the lobster industry. Yeah, we've always said yeah. that. Jerry also came down and, and sat in the office with us and recorded in person. He knew a couple of our coworkers because they had worked with him, you know, some of our writers, Jamie and Steve, uh, had worked with him in the past. They knew him really well. So it was great to kind of share and hear some of the stories that he had to share. Uh, you know, he's been through a lot of big changes in the industry in our area, particularly up in the Northeast U.S. You know, he's he's from Maine. So just had some really cool stories. And, and it was interesting to see how the landscape changed for him and where it's going now. And, and you know, he's staying right on top of some of the newer projects and initiatives like he was talking about there, uh, trying to get young people more involved in the seafood industry right now. So just a, a pretty good episode. Really, really fun yeah. to sit down with him. And I yeah, I loved hearing about his career pivot because a lot of times in the seafood industry, you hear of someone doing like a similar thing, like for most of their career path within the seafood industry. But Jerry pivoted majorly from being a fisherman to becoming a seafood journalist and writer. Yeah. So it's just cool to hear that career pathway. Yeah. Good career change. All right. So the next one on our list is episode 71, How Blockchain Can Work for Seafood with Henry Innes of GoChain and Paul Keefe of GSA. We did a, um, an example a couple of years ago, and that was something I called the selfie blockchain. And what we did was we all sat in a large circle, the entire company, or I don't know, 25, 30 of us at the time. And um, we started with one person taking a selfie of them themselves on their phone, on their iPhone, I think it was, then handing that phone to the next person. And the next person held that phone up next to their face when they took a selfie so that the original selfie was incorporated into their picture. And then the person passed it on to the next person. That person took a selfie. And then now there were two other people incorporated into um, that same photo. And basically what we did is we built a big, long chain that has what we would really call a hash in the blockchain industry, but basically a representation of the record before it, which is the picture that was taken right before 
the picture you just took. Everybody get that? That's blockchain. <laughs> <laughs> this is this episode uh, is one that also continues to stay in the top ten. Uh, I think people have a lot of traceability, supply chains, anything to do with that that world. Those are really popular episodes. Uh, people really like those, and we're actually we actually just released an episode not too long ago with GS One. Uh, talking about supply chain traceability and transparency and stuff. But this one was more specifically about the technical aspect of blockchain, which I think is something that a lot of people have heard of, but don't know anything about. Um, and it yes, was cool because we had a- Paul on, who is here with us at GSA. And then we had Henry on, who is living in the blockchain world every day from GoChain. And so it was it was very, very eye-opening. They did a really good job of explaining how it works which I think is also why it's probably so popular. Yeah, I I always love when we're able to get an industry expert on the podcast and then also an internal expert from our organization. So hearing the two of them talk about blockchain was just fascinating. And I think they did it in an approachable way for someone like me who is not very techie. I completely understood what they were talking about most of the episode. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, so if you're into that that side of things, uh, definitely, if you haven't heard this episode, go back and listen. We did re-release this one as well be- because it was so popular. So uh, we decided to re-release it. Another episode that we re-released is the next one we're going to talk about. And this is one that is uh, very personal to me. And this was episode 44, Holiday Recipes with Chopped Champion Chef Chris Holland. When I talked to you initially, you said that you love cooking with fish. It's one of your favorite ingredients to cook with, yeah? It absolutely is. I, I think it gives cooks the most freedom of any protein because most fish is it's not, I don't want to say bland because that's not fair to fish, but it's you can play with it. You can play with the flavors and it gives you a chance to really do some fun stuff with sauces and, and accompaniments. And, you know, maybe it's not healthy, but butter and fish to me is like a perfect marriage that love each <laughs> other so much. And I love butter. <laughs> So I say this is personal to me because um, Chris Holland went on Chopped to try and win it again to raise money, to win money donation for the National MS Society. He is a multiple sclerosis patient, just like I am. And so we had a lot to talk about. We got into kind of the stories of his journey with MS and how it's changed and how it kind of led him to pursue his dream of of becoming a chef and uh, helped him in his professional world as well. So uh, like I said, the really personal episode for me. We re-released it uh, the following year during the holiday season because it's one of the few that we actually talked about cooking and, and holiday recipes and things like that. And uh, it's, it's fun. It's cool because, you know, it's rare that we get to talk to people who have been on TV and, you know, are pretty are well known like that and well known outside of our industry. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, it's cool. Like he, Chris Holland is a celebrity. Yeah. And we had him on the show. Yeah. He had a bright orange mohawk when we talked to him. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that was. He's cool. a personality for sure, and it, it was really fun to talk to him. So, so check it out. That one's that one's out there twice. Next episode is number fifty-one, which is our roundtable discussion called "Come Together: Uniting the Wild and Farmed Seafood Sectors." Maybe one of the things that we need to be thinking about is is um, clearly there are different challenges, but that's true of lots of different things that sit within the same commodity in a food type. But really, why do we want to separate and how can we better collaborate to make sure that we are creating enough seafood to meet the forecast demands for good, nutritious food in the future? You know, that's our starting point. And actually, let's not get hung up on on consumers 
let's actually get hung up on our kind of processes and organization and um, the way we're perceiving this. I think that's where the change has to come. So I noticed that nobody, and by nobody, I mean you or Vicky, jumped on the opportunity to search through this episode to find a clip to share on here. <laughs> this episode was this long. This one was jam-packed. It was, it was long and it was jam-packed, like you said, with, with really good content. We had, uh, I think, what, six guests on this one? Five or six guests, including myself as kind of the moderator. And it was all about, you know, we, we talk about a lot on the show, this whole philosophy around wild versus farm raised and like why we need to get away from that terminology. We need to come together and just talk about responsible seafood. Um, let, you know, it's produced in a lot of different ways. <laughs> and so like, what can we do to start taking the steps to start chipping away at this consumer philosophy of this versus that? And just get people to look at it as one thing. And uh, it, it was, I, I think it was a success. I think we pulled it off. Definitely. And it's funny because we did this roundtable actually before we rebranded into becoming Global Seafood Alliance. So this right. episode was ahead of its time. Yeah, for sure. We, we, from the very beginning, we've made that commitment to not be, you know, one-sided about anything. And we, we always knew that at some point, we're going to need to start talking about coming together. And uh, so, yeah, this was pretty proactive of GSA. I'm pretty proud of it, or GAA at the time. And uh, it, like I said, it's jam-packed. It's also on YouTube. This was a Zoom conference. We did this live on YouTube. And uh, so you can go back and actually watch the conversation and see everybody speaking to each other. It's it's a really, it's good stuff. So um, definitely, definitely check that out. All right, moving on. We are on to episode 137. Oh, yes. Uh, this is <laughs> this is another one of my favorites. Episode one thirty seven. Insect Sci-fi proteins. Vibes. Yes, for sure. Insect proteins and other novel feed ingredients with Andrew Richardson of Innova Feed. Our insect facility is a, is basically uh, almost three separate factories uh, connected together. So we have uh, one uh, very large uh, greenhouse. Our insects use natural light to support their reproduction when they're in their adult phase. And so we have a very large, long greenhouse. And inside of that, there are mosquito nets like you might have when you go on your your tropical holidays, but very large and completely enclosed. And they're on a trolley system that moves uh, through the greenhouse. And once a day, those big uh, mosquito net uh, enclosures, which contain thousands of adult flies, will move into a room where the eggs are collected from, uh, from a specific tray. And then that trolley will continue its journey back out into the greenhouse until those adults have uh, completed their uh, reproductive uh, cycle and it's time to change out the net. That's real. <laughs> That's not... this. I loved this because this was just so... So cool and so futuristic. And I really did feel like it's something out of a sci-fi movie. As a lover of sci-fi and horror movies, I was just giddy learning about all this and just picturing this in my mind and look, watching the videos. This whole process of farming the flies, their black soldier flies, I believe, and creating the feed ingredients from it was just, it was just fascinating to me. And I love it. And uh, people always seem to like when we talk about feed ingredients. That's another hot topic in the industry that's very niche. But those episodes always do really well. And I think I made a note that I need to include this in my next uh, screenplay that I write. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next episode on the list is episode 25, The Future of Food is Seafood with Nick Mendoza. 
at the end of the day, I was feeling disappointed that the impact of the research wasn't leading to that next step, you know, actually impacting industry, actually touching on the things I really care about, which are the sustainability of seafood, waste and inefficiency in seafood and making it easier for people to, to access mm-hmm. high quality, sustainable fish. It's so healthy for you, you know, in terms of resource intensity, whether it's a well-managed wild fishery or a sustainably farmed seafood item, it's just like far and away so much better than many of other ways of growing food. So, so Nick, yeah. So Nick is, um, for those of you, if you didn't listen to that episode, go back and listen to it. The big thing that he's talking about is they figured out how to make fish jerky that actually tastes good. Uh, which is no easy, <laughs> it's no easy feat. And, and I actually, I still continue to buy it every once in a while to this day uh, when I get a chance because it's, it's delicious. And uh, it was really, I was really impressed that they were able to do that because I've tried like salmon jerky before and it, it was not good. <laughs> yeah, it was really delicious. They have a bunch of different flavors and they, in the episode, we talked about how his company is called One for Neptune, but they've actually rebranded to just being neptune snacks mm-hmm. now so it's just neptune so definitely check it out they have even more flavors now than they oh, did yeah. when he was on the episode so be sure to check them out yeah good stuff it's cool to see like yummy them, stuff yeah it's cool to see them trying to find different ways to get seafood in the bellies of people right like some people they, honestly you can eat this and it just tastes like beef jerky it doesn't taste like fishy at all so it's uh it, it's a great way to get people who don't enjoy fish to get some of the benefits of seafood in a different way. So cool stuff. All right. Next episode, we're getting down to the wire. We got three left that we're going to look at. The next one is the next two actually are some of those early episodes that we talked about last week with um, like heavy production, scripted, uh, recorded voiceover and stuff. And this one is episode number three, Seafood and Global Climate Change. Holly literally wrote the paper on the connections between climate change and aquaculture. Seafood has most of the time been left off of that kind of proverbial table of how does that contribute or what is the potential to actually lower that impact. And so new research, some of mine, other colleagues of mine have been really diving in deep to understand what are the potential benefits from seafood production or limits, right? If we're looking at whether that's wild-based capture versus um, aquaculture, we can find those differences. So for instance, in the fisheries world, small pelagic species are usually easier to catch, which means that they have a lower overall impact in greenhouse gas emissions. This is something that we've talked about a couple times, and I think we re-released this episode. Holly is a, has been a returning champion before. She's come on the show at least two, three times, I think. I think three times. Yep. Yeah, because I think we did this episode where we did an interview with her, and the snippets from this interview made it into like two or three of those first few heavily produced episodes. We did a career pathways with her and we also had her come back and talk about kind of an update on what's going on in the world of seafood and global climate change so she is just uh she's she's a great guest she has some really good information but she's not the only person in this episode there's other uh snippets from other interviews uh it's just kind of an overall look at the connections between seafood and global climate change and how they impact each other so again another short episode but uh a fun listen because good introduction because yeah. it is a very broad topic with so many intricate parts but it's a good like overview of the relationship between seafood and climate change yeah for sure and i'll, and I'll also say 
Holly is a great, she's a great follow on Twitter. If Twitter doesn't burn to the ground, check out her stuff because she always shares a lot of good information on there too. All right, you want to do the next one? Yes, so this is actually number 25. Woo, the last one on the official list is episode seven, which is Seafood 101, Where Do I Start? One thing I like about talking to people about seafood is there's so many things that we discourage people from consuming. You want to take this out of your diet. Um, You can't have this. We want to eat less sugar. We want to eat, you know, exercise more. But with seafood, it's something we want to talk about. Okay, we want to get more of this. How can we incorporate it twice a week? As I mentioned, the one in 10 Americans are not meeting the, the recommended intake and they're missing out on the health benefits of seafood. That was Sherry Clark. Uh, from She's a registered dietitian, and she works with us here on our marketing team at GSA as well. So um, she's a great resource for that. But again, that episode is just kind of a overview of where do I start if I want to learn about seafood? It might not be targeted to everyone in our listener base, but if anyone is just kind of entering the industry and wants to learn more about it or any consumers you know, or just seafood lovers here, Uh, If you want to just learn a little bit more about seafood in general, this is a good place to start. That was the intention with that episode. So, Yeah, and I I think it's a good episode for listeners to share with others, like people who might not know anything about the ins and outs of the seafood industry. This is a really good place to start, and it's a good episode to like get people interested and just like thinking a little bit more about where their seafood comes from. Yeah, and that's actually a great transition, Maddie. Thank you for teeing me up with that because the next episode, the very last one, we decided to include 26, not only to make it an even numbers game for when we're doing these two episodes, <laughs> but we just couldn't not highlight this episode. And the reason I said it's a great transition is because I think this is the one that I've shared the most with people that I recommend the most really to people that are outside I the industry. I did not know that. Yeah, to people that are outside the industry. And because every time I tell people where I work or what I do, what do you think they ask about? Tilapia. What about tilapia, right? And so this is the first part of a two-part species spotlight that we did on tilapia. This is part one, the gateway fish with Denise Gershon. Everybody just heard it's worse than bacon. And here we are 11 years later trying to demystify a myth. And if you would let me just read the last line, and this is from the Harvard Medical School. And since tilapia is also an excellent source of protein and low in saturated fat and is rich in trace minerals, even low omega-3 fish is a good choice for dinner. So the fact of the matter is, yes, it may be a bit higher in the omega-6s, but is still a good choice for dinner. And that's what got lost. And it was so infuriating to me. Here you are, you've got a high protein, low fat option that's reasonably priced. And you look at it and one study that came out because it had higher omega-6s than omega-3s and Harvard Medical School published a rebuttal to the study and said it's a good choice for dinner. And nobody remembers that. This is the reason that I always share this. And I actually, I was at a conference, a podcast conference, and a, a gentleman who has a fishing podcast, actually, who I've, I've talked to in the background, is the Fish, Fish Nerds podcast. He was presenting in front of everyone, and he actually gave us a shout out, put our, our artwork up on the screen and everything. And he said, they even make tilapia sound appetizing. And so I had to... <laughs> I had to go talk to some people <laughs> afterwards because you know you 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 got you get in that people get really angry and defensive right away and then you just need to, I I got to the point where I just say listen we we have a really good episode on this you can learn more about tilapia and why there's so many myths 
and why you believe what you believe and we can you know help you understand a little bit better this is a great intro to this species you learn all about the production where it comes from the sustainability efforts and demystify a lot of the myths and then the second part where we had steve hart on the second part of that species spotlight is another episode and he talks about kind of the marketplace side of things so um just a really really good super informative and one that i recommend to anyone who has heard these myths about tilapia because i think there's a lot of misrepresentation of that species in the world. So. Yeah, Denise is also just such a passionate person and hearing her passion for the tilapia species just really came through in this episode. And it's interesting because we got to hear a little bit more about her background on work that she did in the Peace Corps. Mm-hmm. And she's also a she returning has champion. Such a, she is. She just has a very special relationship with tilapia and it's fun hearing that side of her. She is one of those people that just has such a passion and it, it really comes out when you listen to her episode. So uh, I, I also want to give, while I'm here, I want to give a shout out to Denise and just say thank you because Denise is one of our biggest supporters. You know, we have a, a few, a handful of people. Steve Hart is one as well. And uh, Denise always has something nice to say about the podcast. She listens to every episode and she's really helpful in helping us find guests and coming up with topics. And she's just so supportive. And we appreciate her coming on the show and sharing her wisdom and just all of the support she's given. So um, that's our list. That's it. We, we did it. Top 25 plus one, baby. We did it, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. I really enjoyed this kind of trip down memory lane. I haven't listened to a lot of these episodes in a long time. So going through them to kind of find little clips to share and stuff was was really nice. It was kind of you know, it's interesting to hear the differences in quality over time <laughs> as we as we have kind of honed our craft a little and, and stuff like that. But um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Maddie, thank you for proposing that we do this. And thank you for sitting here and doing it with me. Yeah, this has been so fun. I hope that you all enjoyed this little glimpse into the past. And we'd love to hear from you, which on this list from the last week's episode and also this episode, which which episode stands out to you? And what else do you want to hear from us? Like, what 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 about the next 25? If you'd like us to have any of these guests back on the show, please let us know. And we will be happy to reach out to them again and just say, hey, people love your episodes. They, they, they'd love to hear from you again. And uh, what else can we do? Because we're always happy to have our guests come back and talk again like we have with a few of these folks. So that's it. You know, I hope you enjoyed it. And, you know, I hope we're going into the holiday season here for a lot of people. So look out for a couple re-releases that we do every year. I'm not sure what episodes they'll be, but it's likely that they will, are probably on this list. And our end of the year recap episode is going to be coming out as well uh, in the next couple of weeks. So enjoy that. And um, we'll we'll talk to you soon. Thanks again. Folks, that was our top 25 episodes list part two. We went through every episode on this list and we got through, we I'm really glad that we were able to highlight some of these again and kind of revisit these episodes. I had a really great time. Maddie, I had a, a blast doing this with you. Thank you again for proposing. I know this was so fun. Yeah, it's, it's really good. And if you want to find any of these episodes, you can find them all in our back catalog of episodes. Just go to whatever podcast player you use and just search for it. We gave you all the numbers and the names of everything. And if you have trouble locating anything specific, please reach out to us. Remember to subscribe to Aquademia wherever you listen so you can get every new episode automatically downloaded onto your device as soon as it becomes available. And if you want to get in touch with us, ask us questions, suggest new topics, you can do that by email podcast at globalseafood.org 
or you can check out our website and submit a form on our contact form, which is on globalseafood.org slash podcast. And as long as Twitter is still alive, so are we. You can find us at AquademiaPod. That's right. And we would really appreciate it if you took the time to leave us a rating and review wherever you listen. It really helps us out. And we appreciate everybody that has already done that. If you appreciate the work that we're doing, then we invite you to become a member of GSA. It starts at $35 for students. You can find all the information about membership at globalseafood.org slash membership. Thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Bye.